This is Financially Tuned with Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard of Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard to help you find out how to be financially tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome back again to another episode of Financially Tuned with myself, Baron Fitzgerald, and Simon Hilliard from Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. If at any point during the show you want to learn a little bit more information about what we're talking about, please feel free to give us a call at 855-793-2409 or visit us online at www.wellingtonadams.com. And if you're at our website, please feel free to head on over to our radio page and check out any of our past shows. Um, that way you'll always um, keep to date, up to date with what we've been talking about if you missed any of the episodes. At this point, I'd like to introduce Mr. Tony Shore. Um, today's episode is going to be called Bonds 101. How you doing, Tony? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks, guys. Uh, sounds like an interesting show because a lot of folks out there don't understand bonds or the bond market. Or if they do, they might think they do, but really don't. Uh, it can get confusing. At one point, I knew nothing about bonds. Then I thought I did. And you guys have set me straight on more than one occasion, uh, which is good. Uh, but I like the name of the show. Uh, from now on during the show, uh, Baron is going to be known as James uh, that's Bond, James Bond. Um, that's funny, Tony. Yeah. It used to be one of my nicknames in high school. <laughs> Bond. So, uh, Bond. yeah, I mean, all the great Bond movies, Live and Let Die. Um, we can talk about those for a while uh, just, you know, uh, to avoid talking about actual Bonds. <laughs> I was going to say that might sound more appealing to some of the <laughs> listeners out there. <laughs> well, not when they find out uh, if they can, they're going to lose or gain money by understanding bonds. Then it's more important than watching a movie, right, Baron? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the before we jump in, though, you guys, what's going on over there? How have you guys been at Wellington Adams? Oh, I've been good, Tony. Just been busy. Um, We've actually uh, put uh, together a couple of uh, new educational shows. Um, we actually have um, an upcoming event in the Mechanicsburg area, I believe. So if anybody's in that area and like to um, watch us at our event, please feel free to get in contact with us. We're going to talk a little bit, I think, on that one about Social Security maximization. Well, excellent. Simon, how have you been, buddy? I'm doing all right, my man. I can't complain at all. Good. Life is flying by. I can't believe the year's moving so quickly. Oh, I but, know. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, crazy. doing well. Good. Glad to hear it. Now, uh, the first question I have, just so we're all on the same page, it may seem like a basic one, uh, but for me and some of the listeners out there, I, th I, I want to get your guys' take on this. What is a bond? Well, Tony, basically a uh, bond is just a debt instrument. You know, bonds are loans that the bondholder gives to the issuer in exchange for the return of the investor's principal plus then any interest. 
um, corporations, governments, uh, municipalities. They all issue bonds to finance various projects. Uh, for example, a business may use bonds to buy new equipment, um, or a city may need bonds issued to fund a new school. When you buy a bond, you become a creditor of the issuer. Uh, the key distinction between stocks and bonds, uh, for example, with stocks, when you own a share of Apple, per se, you're a partial owner of that company. And as an owner, you get to participate in the company's profits through dividends as well as the appreciation of the um, share of price. Bondholders, they don't share in company's profits. The interest in principle they receive doesn't change no matter how profitable the company is. So bondholders, they never have to really wonder what they're going to be paid. Unlike dividends, which, by the way, companies can choose not to pay or pay, um, payments to bondholders are guaranteed. Bonds are issued in just set dollar denominations, usually $1,000 for corporate bonds. Um, it's called the face value or par value. It's the amount of principal that the bondholder receives when the bond comes due. Um, the date a bond is first sold is called its issue date, and the date its principal is due is called its maturity date. So bonds are issued, and then they mature. So between these two dates, the issuer makes regular interest payments called coupons. Uh, actually, just a quick history note. Um, bond interest is called a coupon because before electronic trading was around, investors were given paper certificates when they purchased a bond. And attached to each certificate was a coupon for interest payments. And so what happened when the date uh, the coupon arrived, the investor would just clip the coupon and deposit it into their bank, um, depending upon the terms of the bond. Today, coupon payments on bonds are usually directed direct, uh, directly deposited into the investor's bank account or brokerage account. And they're typically made every six months, depending upon when the bond was issued. So if a bond first sold on December 15th, um, it would pay interest on June 15th and December 15th every year until maturity. Mm. So obviously, <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, it's, it is interesting <laughs> and I think it's important to understand where our money's at and what it's doing and what it can be doing. Uh, people might say, why do I need to know about bonds? Well, why do you need to know about having enough money to live on in retirement or growing your, growing your, you know, uh, your nest egg? So, uh, Simon, what yeah. do you think about all this? Yeah, I mean, as Baron said, it's, you know, bonds of debt. You know, if you flip it around, you can think about it in a couple kind of contexts that people are more familiar with, maybe. If you think about CDs at the bank, you know, that's a you're lending the bank your money for a period of time. You're getting an interest rate for that period of time. At the end of the term comes due, you can decide to roll it over and get another CD or in this case bond. Um, so there's some similarities there. On the flip side of the equation, you know, if you think about your mortgage, you know, you're borrowing that money, you're paying an interest rate over a period of time at the end of the term, you know, that debt is paid. So those are similar types of uh, setups. Just, you know, in this particular case, as Baron pointed out, you know, you're not a shareholder, you're not an owner of the business like you are with a stock. So you don't have some of those types of risks, but neither the reward, you're just getting kind of a set interest rate over a period of time. You're the lender and they're the borrower. And it's as simple as that in some contexts. But I think one of the key things that people maybe are starting to be aware of, but kind of often don't realize or take for granted is that bonds aren't kind of the same as they were years ago when we were making five, six, seven percent pretty consistently uh, on an annual return from the bonds or the bond funds that we held. 
these days, I think the interest rates, you know, are considerably lower and it has a big impact on people. You know, we're earning between one and 3% on average. You're probably earning about 3%. And then depending on what's going on with interest rates, you know, that's affecting that turnaround as far as what you're receiving at the end of the day. So we're going to get into kind of some of those uh, differences, some of the risks that are involved. And as you said, give you a better understanding of why why you want to be aware of these things and kind of different alternatives and things to consider. Well, yeah, I think it's important that we consider uh, all the options available and what a bond can mean. Uh, what do you think, Baron? I mean, where do we go from here? Well, I mean, a lot of reasons why people will buy bonds. There's generally three reasons. Um, typically, people are going to buy bonds. Um, they may use them to create a steady stream of income. Since a bond's coupon payments are guaranteed, investors know when and how much they're going to receive. Um, this also makes the bonds useful for funding specific liabilities in the future, such as retirement or college. Um, second reason, you know, you can use bonds to reduce your portfolio's overall risk. Bonds have a low correlation typically to stocks, meaning their value is often up when stocks are down and vice versa, although recent uh, activity may uh, dispel that a little bit. <laughs> but typically, because of this high-quality bonds, such as high-grade corporate issues and especially U.S. government bonds, they can be very useful diverse, uh, for diversifying the risks of commonly um, of common-owned stocks. Sure. So it can get oh. complicated because there are so many different types of bonds. Right. And also the third reason, um, and we're going to get into a little bit of the different types of bonds also, but um, third reason why people will um, buy a bond is they can protect the portfolio from an economic downturn. When the economy slows, falling inflation increases the purchasing power of the bond uh, future payments. So likewise, because a slowing economy reduces stock returns, investors often will flock to bonds in these times, which will drive up prices. Um, you have short-term bonds and long-term bonds. Short-term bonds usually uh, mature within three years. Medium-term bonds are typically four to 10 years. And then long-term bonds are uh, typically more than 10 years. Long, longer term bonds are usually considered riskier because there's a greater likelihood that adverse effects uh, such as rising interest rates like we're seeing now um, will hurt the bond's value during its lifetime. Mm. And to compensate for that, long term bonds are typically going to offer higher coupon rates. All right. Well, guys, we have to take a quick break here. We're almost out of time for this first segment. Is there anything else you want to add before we do? Well, we just want to remind the listeners out there that they can check us out online at wellingtonadams.com. There's the old recordings of other shows. If you miss parts of this show here today, you can catch up there. Uh, there's lots of different events uh, for upcoming educational seminars, workshops, things of those natures that we're doing. And also a lot of good resources there. You're also welcome to reach out to us by phone. Just reach us toll free at 855-793-2409. If you want to sit down, find some time to uh, talk a little bit about today's topic or any other ones in your uh, financial planning related lives, we're happy to do so. All right. That sounds great. Well, listeners, uh, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more of Simon Hilliard and Baron Fitzgerald right after this. When you lose a spouse, you are faced with a whirlwind of emotions and decisions. Finances are the last thing on your mind. At Wellington Adams Investment Advisory, we focus on making life transitions easier. That is why we've put together a helpful guide that focuses on what women should do before they lose their spouse. Give us a call at 855-793-2409 or wellingtonadams.com to get your copy. Life transitions are never easy, but we can help. 
And welcome back to Financially Tuned with our hosts, Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore. And today we're talking about bonds, what you need to know, what you probably didn't know about bonds, and why it's so important. Uh, in the first uh, segment, you guys explained what a bond is and a little bit about how it works. And now, uh, again, you've mentioned a few different types uh, of bonds, but uh, there are many out there and, and there's a difference, right? Yeah, there is, Tony. You know, there's kind of three main types of bonds, corporate, government, and municipal bonds. If you're talking about the corporate bond side of things, it's kind of what we alluded to earlier. You know, it's a corporation that wants to borrow money uh, for any number of reasons, you know, whether it's research and development to expand um, in today's day and age, why interest rates are cheap, they're borrowing to buy back their own stock. Um, but they want to borrow money for a particular purpose. And then depending on the risk of that company, they're paying a certain interest rate, and then you're lending them the money to do so for whatever period of time uh, that you're agreeing to and that they're looking for. Wow. So uh, obviously all these different types of bonds, uh, you need somebody, you don't have to do this alone though. I'm glad you guys are here to help us if we're uh, interested in looking at a portfolio that's going to include bonds uh, you're going to be able to help us find which ones fit our situation and needs the best, right? Yeah, and uh, as we, t as Simon just mentioned, Tony, there's three different types of bonds uh, that we kind of want to touch base on. He just touched base on the corporates. Um, I'm going to touch real quickly on U.S. government bonds. They're issued by the, well, they're issued by the government. They're called U.S. Treasuries. They're backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government um, because it's really highly unlikely that the government is going to default on its debt. Treasuries are really considered some of the safest investments um, that are out there. Now, there are several types of treasuries. You have treasury bills, which mature in up to 52 weeks. Since they're so short-term, they're called zero-coupon bonds as well, and they're sold at a discount to par. Um, treasury notes have a maturity of two, three, five, seven, and 10 years. They pay interest every six months. And treasury bonds typically mature in 30 years with interest paid every six months. Um, there's also trip tips, excuse me, which are treasury inflation protected securities, which are notes and bonds um, that adjust the principle for inflation, um, especially now with rising inflation coming along around the corner. Um, they may be something to look into. The interest is paid based on the adjustment principle every six months. And then at maturity, the investors are going to receive the larger of the adjusted or the original principle. Um, also, real quickly, savings bonds. They're low-risk savings vehicles. A lot of people know about savings bonds that they got years ago. They have maturities typically of up to 30 years that are going to pay all the interest at maturities. They don't trade between investors on secondary markets like some of the other bonds. They belong to the owner until death or until the bond's duration do them part, so to speak. Sure. So, Simon, of all these different types, what's the most common then? Well, Tony... Um it's a good question. I guess, you know, depends on the investor. There's more probably corporate bonds out there or treasuries than anything else. But municipal bonds are one of a favorite one that I think we hear people bring up a lot. And it's a common conversational point because municipal bonds are tax free. You know, a municipal bond is issued by a state or local municipality. They're called munis a lot of times. Um, and they're used to fund the day to day expenses of the municipality or the state or a project, you know, like an expanding highway project, toll roads, things of those natures. 
And the benefit there is that the interest that they're paying, as we've talked about the benefits there, the interest along the way that they're paying is federally exempt. Mm. And sometimes state and locally, depending on if you're in the area where they're issuing those bonds. So there's some tax advantages there. And that's, I think, a reason why it comes up quite a bit in conversation as to what the pros and cons are there. And is it worth pursuing? Sure. Well, let's... uh quickly touch on risk because obviously uh, a lot of folks out there consider bonds to be a quote unquote safer uh, than stock investment, but there are risks, correct? Yeah, Tony, I mean, obviously while bonds are considered safer investments, they're also just not risk-free. I mean, you have risk associated with bonds. Um, We're going to talk about four key types of risk. We're going to talk about interest rate risk, call risk, inflation risk, as well as credit risk. So with interest rate risk, when interest rates fall, bond prices rise. And when interest rates rise, bond prices fall. So interest rate risk is the risk that changes in interest rates um, for the market value of the bond that you hold. Um, It's also referred to as market risk. Um, The longer that you hold the bond, the more subject you are to interest rate risk. So for example, let's say you bought a 10-year $1,000 bond and it had a rate of 4%. And let's just say interest rates rise to 6%. Well, if you need to sell your 4% bond prior to maturity, you're going to have to compete with the newer bonds that are carrying the 6% rates. Um, These higher rates are going to decrease the appetite for the older bonds that are paying the lower interest. So because of this decreased demand, it's going to depress the price of the older bonds in the secondary market, which is going to translate into receiving a lower price. I mean, so for example... Who, if you can go out there and get a 6% interest rate and you're holding a 4% bond, you know, nobody's going to want to buy that bond for you getting 4% when they can just go out and get 6%. So you'll have to sell it to them at a lower um, price. The second type of risk is called call risk. It's just similar to when a homeowner seeks to refinance the mortgage at a lower rate to save money when ro- uh, loan rates declined. The bond issuer is going to often call that bond when interest rates drop. So again, that's one of the risks that you're going to incur with the bond because the issuer now is wanting to reissue those um, bonds at at the lower current interest rate. It's Mm. called also reinvestment risk. And that can happen. So Simon, what about the other two risks, inflation and credit risk? Well, Tony, inflationary risk, I mean, that's a pretty simple one that most people understand, especially when you're talking about the longer term bonds, as Baron pointed out. You know, if you're locking in a longer term interest rate and inflation comes along and rises at a faster rate along the way than what your bonds are paying, you know, if that's something that you've set up as a structured income, now your structured income isn't keeping up with the cost of goods as it was when you kind of originally planned it out. So inflationary one's kind of one that people are familiar with. You know, most of our listeners have been around long enough to kind of realize uh, the effects of inflation over time. Credit risk is one of the main ones. You know, that's when we're talking about the risk of the individual issuer, you know, whether it's the federal government that is going to have obviously a great rating and ability to pay back. Um, or the municipalities and states somewhere in the middle, or some of the individual corporations. You know, they have kind of two categories, investment grade, non-investment grade uh, for credit risks for corporations. Investment grade means those that are, have a more solid rating. Non-investment grade means those that carry more risk. And you kind of have that scale of good quality companies that you're investing in on down to more heavy, risky junk bonds. So credit risk is just the ability of those companies to continue to pay back Uh, the interest rate that they've agreed to over the term of the loan, so to speak. And then at the end of the day, to give you your principal back. 
So that's the uh, the credit risk side of things. So uh, obviously, it's important for us to understand risk with any investment, and it can get a little tricky understanding. Okay, how does call risk uh, affect me? The issuer of the bond making some changes or interest rates, uh, interest rates and inflation. Uh, they affect everything we do pretty much when it comes to investing. According to both of you, it seems that comes up every show, especially lately when we're seeing interest rates and inflation rise, which is sounds like Baron and Simon, it's going to greatly affect uh, the bond market. Now, we do have to take another quick break here. Is there anything else you want to add before we do? Well, Tony, just want to remind the listeners, you know, each week we set aside a couple appointment slots for the listeners if they want to reach out to us gain some information, sit down, do some planning, address some of the concerns that might come up during some of these episodes, uh, we're happy to do so. There's no obligation to do so. It's completely complimentary. You can reach out to us uh, on the website at wellingtonadams.com or give us a call toll-free 855-793-2409. All right, listeners, stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard here on Financially Tuned right after this. Do you feel like you need help navigating your retirement? Retirement can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. With our Retirement Income Toolkit, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. This toolkit provides valuable information on income planning, asset allocation, tax planning, legacy planning, and more. Receive your Retirement Toolkit from Wellington Adams Investment Advisory by visiting wellingtonadams.com or by calling us at 855-793-2409. And welcome back to Financially Tuned with Simon Hilliard and Baron Fitzgerald of Wellington Adams. And we're talking about bonds, Bonds 101, giving us some basics. You've covered a lot of ground already, but uh, what are some alternatives to bonds? If the bond market isn't looking good with rising interest rates and inflation, uh, are, are there alternatives out there? Well, there are definite alternatives that we can talk about a little bit. The one thing I did want to also point out, Tony, is, is you know, we've talked about all these risks that are affiliated and excuse me, are associated with bonds. We also want to talk a little bit about how to reduce that kind of risk. Um, one way to do that is by utilizing a bond laddering strategy. It's kind of similar to a CD laddering strategy. Um, a bond ladder is a portfolio of bonds and each rung is basically representing a bond with a different maturity. So for instance, a three-year bond ladder may have bonds that mature in one, two, and three years. In one year, the first bond comes due, at which point the investor then reinvests the proceeds of the matured one-year bond into a new three-year bond. And that way, the portfolio always has bonds of one, two, and three years maturing. Um, They create a steady stream of income for the investor, and they also help manage the uncertainty of future interest rates because proceeds are continually being reinvested in new bonds issued to current interest rates. Um, a lot of our bond strategies that our portfolio managers utilize are using very short-term bonds because of the rising rate interest environment. Um, another thing that you can look at to lessen that, redu- uh, reduce that risk is diversification. I mean, diversification is key. You hear about it all the time, diversify, diversify, diversify. Um, most bond investors should try to seek a balance between bonds that are more rate sensitive defensive bonds like government bonds, as well as bonds that offer more income like high yield corporate bonds. But building a diversified portfolio of individual bonds, you know, it requires considerable wealth and expertise. So generally an easier way for say, typically the smaller investor to diversify is by utilizing bond mutual funds. 
um, with bond funds such as municipal or high yield bond funds, they often specialize in a particular type of bond or may only hold bonds of a particular maturity or credit rating. So by potentially holding hundreds and even sometimes thousands of different bonds in a single fund, you get a lot more diversification than you would by buying uh, individual bonds. And plus they have expert management too. Sure. So Simon, what are some of the other alternatives out there? Well, you know, as uh, Baron pointed out, and talking about some of these, you know, when we're talking about alternatives and risk management strategies, I think it's just important to be aware of wh- why you would consider using bonds in your portfolio or why you would look at an alternative. Um, as Baron talked about there, there's a couple of risks associated. You know, the interest rate risk is a big one right now, and that laddering strategy helps out there. Credit risk is always one that's out there. I was actually just reading an article from CNBC that was interesting, and it was pointing out that the levels of global, globally now, the levels of uh, non-financial companies rated as speculative or junk bonds, they've increased 58%, so nearly 60% to the highest levels ever uh, just since the last few years here. So that's a pretty significant increase. 40% of those are actually rated single B. We didn't get into all the ratings, but that is a highly speculative, non-investment grade uh, bond. So they've risen globally 58%. 40% of the amount right now is considered speculative. The U.S. alone isn't quite as bad, but it's risen nearly 50% since the uh, recession of 2009. So when we're talking about why to consider risk management strategies and alternatives and looking at things like bond funds, it's just because of those different kind of factors. You know, that amount of junk bond, the very aggressive speculative ones has risen significantly. And for the right investors, there's good opportunities to be made there. Even saying that, you know, the amount of default that happens is relatively low in some of these categories. Um, but we want to look at it, you know, if, if bonds are right for you to help bring down the risk, if you can diversify properly, if you can mitigate that interest rate risk, you know, there's some good bond funds out there and options. If you're, you have a lot and you're a conservative investor in the bonds, you might want to look at some of the alternative strategies, things like dividend paying stocks, CDs or fixed annuities um, as an alternative to that. And we'll get into maybe just elaborate a little bit on each one of those. All right. Well, I think that's great. Unfortunately, we're out of time for today's show. It just flew by. Is there anything else you guys want to add before we go today? Uh, just Tony, that again, as Simon mentioned, we um, welcome you to go visit our webpage, um, take a look at any past shows. Um, if you have any questions um, about the current show that we just did today regarding bonds, we've, we haven't had a lot of time to get really deep into it as a title of the show was Bonds 101. We wanted to try to keep it somewhat simple, but there obviously can be a lot more intricacies involved with how you invest in the bond market, especially with today's um, economic uh, situation. So please feel free to reach out to us at our website, www.wellingtonadams.com, um, or feel free to give us a call, 855-793-2409. And again, anyone who gives us a call and like to sit down with us, um, we'd be happy to provide that complimentary consultation to them. All right. That sounds great. Thanks, guys. And what's that phone number one more time, Baron? 855-793-2409. All right. And that does it for today's episode of Financially Tuned with Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard of Wellington Adams. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Baron Fitzgerald or Simon Hilliard at Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. 
call 855-793-2409 or visit them online at wellingtonadams.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Baron Fitzgerald, Simon Hilliard, and Wellington Adams Investment Advisory are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.